You're listening to How Real Estate Works, your one-stop shop for all things real estate. Whether you're looking to learn about real estate investing, buying your first house, growing as a real estate agent, and all things financial freedom related, we got you covered with co-hosts Jesse Johnson and Matt Talent. Welcome to the How Real Estate Works podcast, episode 12. I'm your host, Matt Talent, and my co-host is Jesse Johnston. Today, we have Sky Michaels on the show. Sky is the Philadelphia manager for the Compass Brokerage. Sky, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on. Yeah, welcome to the show. So, uh, so Sky, one of the first things I remember after our team joined Compass uh, right as we we're coming on, you were doing uh, the AIDS life cycle out in California. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I bring that up because I mean, right out of the gate, like this guy, Sky, is, he does big things. So uh, <laughs> tell me about like what, what, what inspired you to train for that size of an event? Cause that's a big deal. Yeah. So it actually just came about, uh, Jake Dreyfus, one of my very dear friends um, and I were, we were trying to think of like something cool to do you know, athletic and, and he's like, Hey, you know, one of my friends did this ride before. So we signed up for it on uh, Jake, unfortunately had to like move to California or I'm sorry, Colorado. So he couldn't do it. But so my sister did it with me. Who's a big cyclist as well. Now the real backstory is I've never, I didn't own a road bike. <laughs> so I had to actually go out and buy a road bike. The other real interesting thing is that this is a 545 mile ride over seven days. Well, my longest training ride was 45 miles. <laughs> I'm flying into California facing a seven-mile ride from, or a seven-day ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles with a 45-mile ride under my belt. <laughs> That's my longest And, uh, you know, I think it's a real testament to just sort of never, I never at one point doubted that I wouldn't, we called it EFM or every fucking mile. I don't know if <laughs> That's not allowed. But, no, you can. Uh, it's just, this is your world. We live okay. in it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the riders, you know, the, the motto was, you know, either you rode the bus halfway through or whatever, but like we realized that we're, no, we're EFM. So EFM. EFM every fucking mile. And uh, I like it. No way we were not going to do every mile. And uh, it was just an incredible feeling to, you know, cross that line on day seven after riding 545 miles, sleeping in a tent every night and uh you know going from there so it's just so so did you have any negative experiences on during that uh seven day no i mean you know i think i felt bad for my sister sleeping in a tent with her brother snoring away <laughs> surrounded by three thousand other people yeah you know, like that we did we did do they called it uh, a princess night yeah one night as as a as princess which is where you actually get a hotel in one of the one of the cities we rode it rode through yeah um but it was it was an awesome experience and i think really you know the mindset around just sort of picking big things and then doing them is that there was never a moment of like doubt and you just sort of got to make a decision to go and then you just go and if you get focused on the pain if you get focused on your butt hurting <laughs> you know you get focused on oh my god i didn't train enough uh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Like in life, everything you do, there's always 10 reasons not to do it. Right. Yeah. But you got to just hone in on the one reason to do it. And that's what gets you through. And that's in any decision in life, real estate, you know, personal, whatever it might be, there's always going to be more reasons not to do something than there is to do it. 
known. And on that bike ride, I could have come up with 30 things. Yeah. I shouldn't have done it. Um, but the one reason was like, I really wanted to prove to myself that I could complete it. So. That's great. But I want you to, just for the record, I'm steady princess. Every night is princess night for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, does, so what does that entail? It entails I sleep in a bed and because uh, this body needs it. But um, so what? So the, the my follow up question is that is like, dude, when are we gonna ride together? Yeah, like seriously, to- I've I've been putting in the miles. I'm I'm training to keep up with you now. You look good. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. So I'm I'm very excited to ride with you. And I think riding bikes, like anything athletic, it's yeah. such a good thing to do outside right now, especially with COVID. Um, it's what saved me. I mean, honestly, I didn't own a I didn't own a uh, a road bike until January. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's definitely, it's a lifesaver. I've met some, some cool people on the road too. And, uh, one of the guys that I met, he rides 260 miles a week. He's 75 years old and he rides at an A minus pace, which for, for those that are not in in the cycling world, that's like average, like 18 to 19 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to know that I can do that downhill. Uh, much slower on the uphill so well, this guy gets you know gravity gets the bike going fast i'm like listen get out of my way i'm coming downhill fast uh but yeah the the uh the great thing about being out there and meeting these mentors i mean i'm uh, i mean you had I mean, you had a partner doing that ride who pulled you through you had your mantra efm by the way anything in threes i'm telling you matt this is a big deal we're going to discover this rule of, rule of thumb for comedy yeah Any, in threes. anything in three the three f's fine you know mm-hmm. uh, fostering financial freedom uh yeah the 10 10 10 rule for our, our goals this year everything in friends so efm i'm gonna i'm gonna actually write that somewhere on my bike um so that so going back so you started your your adult life as a history teacher and uh then transitioned from history teacher to real estate agent and uh like so what was that decision like you talk about making decisions what was the decision like to to do that i know there's a whole story behind that but how did you make the final decision to to make the the leap yeah i mean the decision really started out just as there was never a decision to initially to go full-time real estate the decision was pretty much a financial one to say hey let me every teacher has their side gig painting houses cleaning babysitting coaching baseball whatever it might be right the every teacher has their side gig in the summer times, things like that. So, um, you know, real estate just started out a little bit as my side gig, but it very quickly blew up, you know. So finally, my last year, I did three years of both teaching and selling real estate. And I almost killed myself the last year, uh, 2005. And the decision to go full-time real estate, once again, similar to the bike ride, right? There, I could have come up with 30 reasons why I should stay in teaching. But at the end of the day, the, my belief in the fact that I had I could always go back there if I needed to and plunging into that unknown territory of full-time real estate, which for someone who grew up poor like me, you know, I went to college, I had a scholarship to college. I got my master's degree. I got the steady job in a great school district. Like, you know, the, the roadmap was there. I laid it out. I'm following it. And then all of a sudden real estate, like I got my real estate license for what, $600 <laughs> four weekends and I'm a realtor. And I'm going to go pursue this career and I'm only going to make, uh, you know, only make a paycheck if I make a sale. You know, it's sort of a crazy thing when you take a step back. But at the end of the day, I sort of had this belief that I will always be, be fine no matter what. And, uh, you know, there's something about change that excites me and there's something about the challenge that really excites me. So, you know, I took up the challenge to go full time and, you know, haven't looked back since. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who are like, 
working jobs now and it's not what they thought it would be or they just want to make some extra money. But um, they always have the same question for me. So they're like, well, if I got started, how would I generate my own business? Um, so when you were getting started, how did you start out generating your own business and getting that going? It's a great question, Matt. And <laughs> it's funny because the way I got started in 2002 is the way I would coach someone to get started in 2020. And I got started just by helping the fellow teachers that were around me, aka my sphere of influence. So I moved to mm -hmm. Philadelphia from, I grew up in upstate New York. I went to school at Syracuse. So I moved here knowing three people. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I don't really know a lot of people. Well, that's not an excuse because at the, at the end of the day, even if you know three people, well, soon you'll know 10 and then you'll know 20. And I started my real estate career just helping other teachers in the school buy a home. And it was a great thing because they knew I was a teacher. So they weren't like worried that I was quote unquote part-time because they trusted me explicitly. Um, and the other thing that I did is that I just really started to make connections. But not only that, I just made it a systematic connection and, and marketing to people that I knew. And I didn't discriminate. If I had a roommate from Syracuse that lived in Boston, I sent him the Philadelphia Eagles calendar, uh, sending out to everyone, right? Because my sphere was the basis of where the business came from. And to this day, that's the way I coach real estate agents today. If you want to form a long-term lasting business, you start with the people that you know, and you end with the people you know. I'm retired from real estate in the sense that I don't sell real estate anymore. Now I produce leads, and I'm passing those leads into my team, but I am not selling, listing, or helping people buy homes anymore. And I'm living, breathing proof that you can retire from real estate sales if you build a database that you market to, and if you create connections with people that they'll always remember. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's how I got started. And that's how and, I got started. And if you were like starting again today, I know you said you would start the same way, but are there any new like lead generation techniques that you really think are like really advantageous to put in your system now? I mean, I, I hate to even bring it up because I think too many agents rely on social media because it sort of makes them feel good. My challenge to everyone though is to rethink the idea of social media as like something that you're putting out and to rethink it with your sphere as something that they're putting out. And the lead generation technique that I would leverage is making sure every single person in my sphere of influence that I'm friends with them on social media and then I'm systematically you know I'm not talking about the stuff I'm posting like yeah do that I'm, you know that's all part of like just being a real estate agent but I think very few agents systematically go and check on Jim Smith who settled a year ago what's going on in his life right and beyond making a phone call which most agents aren't akin to doing I can now have a vehicle which I can have connection within Jim Smith's life, you know, without mm -hmm. having to reach out. And then I see Jim Smith got a job in California. Hey, congrats. That's awesome. I don't say anything about his house, but you know, he says, Oh my God. Hey Scott, what do you think I should do with the house? Should I mm -hmm. rent it? Should I sell it? Oh, I don't know. Let me, let's look into it. So I think the one lead generation technique that we don't talk about with social media is it's a vehicle and a window into your client's, lives your spheres lives that we don't use and uh, we're too busy putting up like we're trying to make ourselves these like influencers right yeah like, oh, look at me i got all these followers but who cares who's following you? Mm -hmm. you be the follower right you follow your people and if you're following them 
and you be that person that makes that connection, that's going to generate the sale. I, I love what you're saying there because I, I've been on this, this thing about social media. Yes, it's valuable. Yes, like we, we need to do it. But the reality is Facebook, Instagram, all of it, they've, they've made your target market and the people who see you this big. It's like, it's, and if you actually look through your hands at what, you're see, what you can see there, it's so narrow. And literally what you're into is what it'll feed you. And yep. so you, it actually creates a very small life. And could you imagine what it does for your sphere of influence? It creates this very small sphere of influence. So what you're saying is you're going to force the algorithm. You're going to go against the, what the algorithm and say, I'm actually going to look who, who my friends are, who my followers are and comment on what they're doing purposefully versus waiting for it to scroll past my screen, That's which right. I got to tell you, like we we're actually doing a few tests uh, at the how group just to see um, like what our reach can be. And, and what we're finding is it's the same, no matter what we do, we're, we're between, you know, X amount of people and X plus 200. Yep. So it's, it's like this super, super narrow focus. Yeah. Um, so I, what you just said is very valuable to what we're working on is like, how do we use social media to engage people? Yep. Um, and it, I think the compass platform too, Jesse, the yeah. beautiful thing about our CRM is you can put their, their social media links within the CRM and then systematically, yeah, and you said it, create an action plan. So now it pops up to remind you, check social media. Well, that's just a reminder. All right, let me click on their Facebook, their Instagram, their LinkedIn. Let me see what's going on in their life. And if I do that twice a year, yeah. once again, I'm not going to allow Mark Zuckerberg to dictate what I, you know, what is seen. Right. It's all there, but we're right. allowing Facebook to create this funnel into what we see. Right. right. It's amazing how I see Love the it. same things over and over again, the same people over and over again. It's, um, I can tell who likes me a lot because they show up on my feet a lot. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's, if you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. Hey, we're, it's literally, my world has gone from thousand people to three or five yeah. or 30, whatever yeah. that is. Uh, it's kind of a small existence. I'm just saying like, we can go way off on a tangent about, about living life through social media, which a lot of people are doing right now yeah. because they're not out and about with their friends and the world is just becoming super small. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, my question for you is like, let's go back. I, you know, I know that uh, you started with Coldwell Banker many, many moons ago. What was the office dy dynamic like back then? Because um, you started with Century 21 Alliance. Oh uh, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, so my 2002 to 2005, I started with Century 21 Alliance. Paul Gallagher was my original broker. Uh, Fran Truax, still a great friend, uh, it was my original manager. And I was very, very lucky because I always remember, first thing Paul Gallagher said to me, maybe not but in our interview, he said, if you're honest, you will sell real estate and you're going to make money. He said, that's the only thing you need to know about this business is be honest. You, yeah. know, you might lose a deal here and there. You might, you know, someone might be upset because you're being honest about a price or whatever, but always be honest. And at the end of the day, you're going to be great. And I'll, I, I actually have his picture hanging up. He passed away um, oh. along as an obituary along with one of my other good friends, Tim Stokes, who yeah. passed away. And, uh, but I always have them up there as like reminders of always like doing the right thing within the business and within life. And you're always going to be, you're always going to end up great. And I think that's one of those things that with the dynamic within century 21 was this like family dynamic. And yeah. I was literally, it was such a great environment to get into the business because I was the youngest agent by probably 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And I mean, so I had all these agents that were sort of looking out for me because I was this new young guy. And they taught me everything they knew. And then when I transitioned into Coldwell, it was great because it was like another family, but now it was like going to college. 
And it was like all Joe Herzog, Dan Gennetto, uh, all the guys that you know now that are at Compass. Like we had yeah. such a great core group of guys uh, that were with us. And once again, Tim Stokes was, was one, probably one of our leaders, so to speak, yeah. there. And it was just a, it was, it was a family environment, but it was, a, it was like a college family environment, right? Like where we were all similar ages, having yeah. kids, married. But so, so what did, how did that, you know, so how did that dynamic, you know, help propel your business? Like that, that competitive, friendly, yet, yeah. you know, family environment. Um, it, it helped it because of the fact that we were all in similar stages of life and business. Yeah. You know? So we weren't, it wasn't like I was the young guy competing against the old guy or the, you know, um, we were all, you know, different le- levels of experience, but for the most part, similar levels of experience very similar stages of life. So while we were competing, we were also like supporting each other. And, you know, it's funny because now Compass, we talk about collaborate without ego. Yeah. And it really had that mentality at Coldwell Banker of collaborate without ego. Um, you know, Dave Krieger and Dan Janetta were, you know, our sort of regional president of office managers. I, I, you know, they just really created a great environment and culture within the office. Um, but that collaborate without ego, if you think, now that even just talking about it, that was from the beginning of my career to today. You know, that, that that's yeah. the strength of real estate agents. If you build your business as a sphere of influence-based business, you, you can collaborate with any other agent because once again, let's talk about the social media. Like my Facebook friends probably aren't your Facebook friends unless they're agents. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's the kind of situation where um, that, that, six principle that we take care about at compass collaborate without ego is something that is um for most successful realtors is one of the defining features most successful realtors are giving back or teaching or training or helping other people things along those lines we just had a really good friend of mine eric fox join today and eric oh, wow is just a dynamic realtor and but eric's trait is he will always help you i could call him up even though we were, we used to work at different brokerages before today and I could say, hey, Eric, like, can you help me here? And he'd say, absolutely. You know, and that was like this dynamic that existed, which is, uh, I, I think, one of the defining features of a great realtor. is someone who's willing to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, I loved everything you said about, like, being honest, too. I think, um, I forget who said it, but they were like, if you're honest, you never have to come up with a story or try to sell something. So, like, if someone wants you to sell their house for 300 but it's really worth 270 and you're like, Oh, I'll just write the comps for 300. So I get the listing. Like if you write it for 270, you never have to justify that, that price. But if you write it for 300, then you have to sell to every realtor and be like, well, you know, could, could make sense here. So it's just so much easier to be honest and take the listings that make sense for you. It does. It really does. And, and I think, one of the uh, mantras that I preached was it's about the relationship, not about the sale. And mm-hmm. if, if you model your business with the idea that that relationship is going to carry so much more weight into the future than a sale, because even if the person doesn't end up buying or selling, but I have a great relationship with them, they're going to end up referring me two to three deals in the next two years. That's like, yeah, what I had. yeah, yeah. Your rep- reputation is a lot more important than one check one time. Absolutely. So, um, and kind of going off of that, you name, you ended up naming your real estate team, uh, real estate with heart. So what was the significance with that name? 
So it actually, um, so triple play, I've only been to one class in all the years I went to triple play. <laughs> one class on branding. And there was an agent there from Texas who is, uh, the, I can't remember the name, what her brand was, but basically every sale she would donate money to the local PTA. And I was a teacher, you know, so it really jogged me. But she said, find something that really speaks to who you are as a person. And initially, when I formed my team, it was Sky Michaels and Associates, because a lot of my team members were brand new. And the tagline we used was real estate with heart. So initially, the team name was my name and associates with that tagline. Now, as the agents on my team grew and became successful in and of themselves, their name now had significance and power. And we didn't want a confusion in the marketplace between uh, and one of my team members' name and my name. And, you know, it's like, and also we wanted them to continue to stand out and be highlighted. So we flipped it, got rid of Sky Michaels and Associates and, and just went with real estate with heart. Now, what is the word heart to me means so many things. Like, number one, it could mean love, right? The way we treated our clients and our team and people in the world, we want to love them. And so that's one of the meanings. The other meaning around heart was hard work, right? Someone has a lot of heart, you know, they're going to really work hard. And one of my tenants is, you know, I don't want anyone to ever outwork me. So. Yeah. And do you feel like the, uh, the real estate industry can be heartless sometimes? I think, it, you know, I think it is what you find in it. And while, yes, there are going to be agents out there that are going to maybe treat you bad. Like if you're looking for it to be heartless, it'll be heartless. If you're looking for it to be this place that you work really well with other agents and you find other agents that you collaborate with and you, you not even in the same company. So I think it is what you find, what you're searching for, right? And what you, you come up with. Like I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. If I'm thinking negative things, I'm going to attract negative things. If I'm thinking positive things, I'm going to attract positive things. So I think a lot of the real estate, a lot of people out there that have bad situations, you know, I'm not saying they're thinking of bad things, but at the end of the day, you, you learn to navigate the waters a little bit where, you know, I see Jesse Johnson listening, saying, well, I'm going to love that because now I'm going to really try to work with him. You know, speaking of, speaking of which, how the how group and real estate with heart closed a deal today. Uh, so hey. very, very happy. Lots of love there. Lots of love, lots, lots of, of heart, love. lots of love. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so if you could put your finger on one significant hire, what was that position and when did you make that move? Well, it's a tough one cause it could be uh, the, the most significant hire in my team's history is our operations manager, Liz Laramie. Um, Liz, is the uh the backbone of the team yeah um she has i don't even know how long she's been with the team um and through thick and thin it could be a hurricane outside she will be the eye of that hurricane and just super steady super calm and uh she's really been the glue that's held the whole team together do you know what i mean and so, uh, so she's been with you for you don't know how many years but it's it's but like, can you, can you remember a life before Liz? And yeah, like, like, I've had admin before Liz and I had yeah. good, I had good admin before yeah. her as well. Um, and a really funny story. When I hired her, she immediately got sick. So she called out sick for her first, like, now I don't remember the exact days, but she probably called out sick, like four out of her first two weeks, four days out of her first two weeks. And I'm like, what? 
Like, what's wrong? Like, is this, <laughs> yeah. is this real? You know, and, and luckily my gut just said, I just stick it out. Like, you know, people get sick. There's just yeah. bad timing, and thank God it did. Um, but she has uh, created tremendous amount of systems. I mean, my sister as well, like, worked for me in an admin or operations capacity, and now is obviously an agent on the team as well as yeah. crushing it. But uh, she instilled a lot of systems and stuff like that as well. But Liz, I could probably say, is the most significant hire. And I would argue um, any team out there, your yeah. operations person is one of the most critical pieces of your team. Well, well two things on that. One, one, I agree on operations. And two is Liz should listen to this episode so she can know how, how important that she is to you. So shout out Liz. <laughs> yeah, shout out Liz. Um, so, uh, but you know, on that point, like everybody's out there running around like a crazy person right now saying, I am overwhelmed, which is, un that's been outlawed at the Howard Group. You're not allowed to use the word overwhelmed. Um, Once again, and, what you think of, you attract. Right. You you're overwhelmed, you're going to be more overwhelmed. Yeah. What's, what's interesting, I, you know, Nikita, Nikita yeah. is uh, proud. We're proud of her. Nikita is is having a is is probably going to do double the amount of business this year than she did when she started with the How Group, and she's making it look easier than she made that other amount look right. So, so here's a person having significant increases and has a life and smiles a lot more, right? Like that's huge for me. But you know, so you know, you could join a team. I I would highly recommend to agents coming out of the out of the gate like being on a, being on a team is right for a lot of people in the real estate industry especially good teams that have great admin great processes it's it's the right thing to do but if let's say you are going you are a future sky michaels or uh let's say you're matt talent and you know you need an admin like when do you think that agent when do you think an agent should take the leap to hire that first position that admin position yeah. And it's hard to say the exact dollar amount, but I usually will use the figure six to seven million is like as an independent agent is yeah. sort of that figure. now at Compass. You probably can, if you're using the contract to close and some of the services we have, yeah. I think you can actually stretch at above there. to probably 10 million. Yeah. Um, but once again, there's, there's, that's assuming you're doing probably an average 350 to 400 per deal. Yeah. If you're at a lower price range, that 10, that could be much more. So you really have to go back into this world where are you losing more money than what the investment would be? Meaning, am I not getting back to leads? Am I not uh, reaching out to my sphere? Am I not working on my business enough? And all I'm doing is answering emails, filing paperwork, chasing down checks, doing, yeah. doing the things that an operations person would do that I'm going to pay, you know, 20, $25 an hour, whatever you're going to pay. But if I could do that, I'm going to actually connect with my sphere. I'm going to lead generate. I'm going to not miss that lead call that comes in right. you know, that I forgot about, et cetera. So I think there's this world where you, there's no right or wrong answer to this. And most agents wait too long to get the admin. You don't want to think about it as an expense, number one. Yes, it's an expense, but you want to think about it as an investment. Yeah. The other thing is that let's just pretend you're going to pay someone 40000 a year a lot of agents look at that number and they're like, oh my God, that's, I can't afford that. Sure. Well, you can afford it on last year's salary because you didn't have that admin role. Right. All you got to do is say, all right, I'm going to spend $10,000 over the next three months. And let's see what the impact is at that point. You know yeah, I mean? it, it's interesting because agents expect to get an instant return on investment. And with, with any new role, it's a, it's a six to 12 month investment. 
and a 12 to 18 month return on investment, right? So, um, so if you're if you're sending a postcard and you send it one time, I would t I would tell you to expect to get zero return on investment. Yep. However, if you do it 12 times, I would tell you to expect to start seeing a return on investment. Exactly. Um, and it's the same thing with people. It takes time. They need to marinate in your world and, and learn how you do things. Um, by the way, I, I hired and fired a lot of admins in my lifetime. So, um, and it was because I was bad at my job. So not only do you have to, do they have to be good at their job, but you have to be good at your job of managing people and giving them work to do yep. because you, you want them to justify their value. The best admin that, that you can hire are the ones that they come in, they take the bull by the horns and tell you what you should be doing. If you find one of those, please send them to me because we would love to have all of those people work for us. But yeah. it, that is that, you know, when you find that perfect person, yeah. um, you hold on to them and you pay them well and you make sure that they have a happy home life and you make sure that they get vacation and, you know, that they have health care and you, and you keep them because that will, that will propel your business. I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that position and, and I struggled to get it right. So I, that's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Well, and I think too, Jesse, the other thing that agents do is they look backwards and they say, well, I, I did 150,000 in GCI last year. So how can I afford 40,000? But you did 150 without the added benefit of the, the time that that 40,000 is going to get you. Right. You know I mean, so they're, they're evaluating what they did based on the lack of uh, time gained, yeah. so to speak, by adding that admin role. And it's scary. Trust me. At one point, I you know, you have a big payroll. Like yeah. I had a payroll for admin and myself. You know, that was not a pretty check to write it each month into ADT. Nope. It's, I do like paying myself though, just to yeah. go on the record on the, on the podcast. I do like getting paid. So, uh, but I, I also like making sure the people that work for, for work for us are happy and that they, that they have what they have more than what they need and they have opportunities to, to grow and, you know, you know, find financial freedom, all of those things that we like to talk about on this show. Yep. Sure, sure. Um, and Sky, you had mentioned the compass brokerage a couple of times. Um, so for those of like, who don't know out there compass is like the new kid on the block in terms of brokerages um, in the real estate industry. So can you talk a little bit about the compass brokerage and how they're different from the old real estate industry and what they're doing differently? Yeah. Um, great question. So compass is uh, in essence, it is a brokerage, but it, it really is a technology company. Um, the value of the company and, and the future, in my opinion of real estate is that technology is going to play a role in the future of real estate. Now, I don't think anyone can deny that. The debate in the industry is, will technology replace the agent? And the uniqueness that Compass had, they, you know, they evaluated the landscape and they said, well, Zillow has been around for 15 years, 10 years, whatever it might be. And they haven't really been able to disrupt the landscape. Amazon hasn't been able to disrupt it. The traditional brokerages, but all these other companies basically are making bets around the real estate agent not being relevant. So Compass looked at this and said, wait a minute, we are, everyone's missing the boat. If all we do is build a platform that elevates not all realtors, but just the top realtors, the best. And then all of a sudden that platform is known to have great inventory, great experience, great realtors. Well, now this becomes this platform where everything real estate can come back to. And this is not today. This is into the future. But the world that we're trying to create basically is that I call it making compass a verb. 
you know, if I ask you, oh, what are you, you gonna, can you search something on the internet? Oh, I Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dream and my vision that I want to make compass a verb. Um, you know, that it, it, it stands for something when you say the word compass and it, it starting to do that now. And I mean, really, we, we certainly use concierge as a verb, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a great way to use it. Yeah. I think in, for clients, I think it means something, right? Yeah. Concierge that. Well, wow. Yeah. Great. What does that mean? Uh, we, yeah. concierge, we, we sometimes say we concierge the shit out of that, that house. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Well, I love, um, yeah, I think that's a big topic in the industry is will the technology replace the agents? But kind of on the same note that you said, like, I mean, QuickBooks is still, that's been out for 20, 30 years. I still go to an accountant because I have stuff that is in the standard W-2 and a lot of other people do too. You have investments, you have... <laughs> like W9 income. So, and I think that's with like real estate as well. People don't want to put these assets in the hand of a tech, just a technology alone. They want that consultant. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right, Matt, because what's interesting is you probably don't go to a shitty accountant, right? Like no. the accountant that you go to, you trust, you, yeah. you believe that they're doing a good job. And what, what QuickBooks has replaced is lower services that people who weren't the best in the world at you know, were doing. Like when you hire an attorney, you know, you're not going like, Oh God, I, I hope I can save $3 an hour on this, right? Yeah. You're going to buy the, you're going to get the attorney that's going to get it done in, in the least amount of time and get you the most effective result. Right. And so with real estate agents, that's what, that's the whole compass platform is about elevating the best agents and giving them what they need to, be effective to effectively give our clients the experience. You know, it, I wrote a, a piece for, we have a little magazine that we put out in Westchester called the elevated real estate experience. It is like, imagine if X, Y, and Z, and that's compass, right? Yeah. Imagine if you didn't have to, you know, be out, be like, take the kids out and the dog out to show your house because we already moved you into your new house. Yeah. You know, imagine if, everything was perfect and you didn't have to, you know, put up the money to do it. Imagine if we sold your house before it even hit the market because we, you know, we have this, we have all the best agents in house anyway. So it was like this whole, like, imagine like this elevated experience where all the things you fear about real estate are already taken out, out away. And that's, that's what compass and, you know, that's what we're doing together is creating an elevated experience for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you come back to this world where, as realtors, if every realtor does basically the same thing, if you take a spreadsheet and everyone, you know, puts on MLS, puts it a sign up, et cetera, yeah. and it's basically the same, well, at some point, everyone is going to start shopping on price, right? And mm -hmm. for us, we come in and we say, well, we do all that, but then we also do these 10 other things. Yeah. To your point, Jesse, the way you just explained it is brilliant. You know, and if you want to go the cheapest route, by all means, there's, there's a world where there's legal zoom and there's, most expensive lawyers, right? They, right. they exist, right? If it's really, if it's really important to you, you're calling a good lawyer. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if it's a document that you need to get to, uh, to close a, a $15,000 you know, second mortgage on a, on your friend's house, like, yeah, you probably get that on LegalZoom. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and, and I think, once again, I think the real estate market is going to be very similar. Like there's a world where technology will replace some of that lower end agents, let's say. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, it's just, there is a world where there are going to be some people that just want to go sell the Zillow offers and, and then it's, it's transaction, it's transactional business, right? There is transactional business out there where 
sometimes, you know, working, you know, sometimes you can get it done without, without a real estate agent. Um, and, but there are, you know, so I'm with you. It's, it's the difference between a high touch, high value business where you have to like, this has to go perfectly. I have four kids at home. We have two dogs. I, 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 you know, school just started. Oh my God, we don't have any place to to do uh, work school from home. I need to get into a bigger house, but I can't disrupt my entire life. That yep. person needs a compass agent. Yep, exactly. The person who ha- has the house that they've probably never seen before and they just need to blow it out. I mean, there's wholesalers out there that'll come in and just do that cash on the side. Like, you know, like, so there's, you know, so the, the realm of how real estate is done. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm with you on the, I'm as passionate about this as you are, obviously. So I created, the best analogy I use is like a hotel. Yeah. Like in, uh, in Philadelphia on Broad and Walnut, yeah, the Ritz-Carlton, on yeah. 13th and Walnut, same neighborhood, right? Like half a block away, you had the Holiday Inn. Nothing wrong with either hotel. It's just an experience. If I'm traveling, I'm pulling into Philly 8 o'clock at night, and I'm leaving on a plane the next morning, well, you know what? I'm going to go stay at the Holiday Inn because it's just a transactional issue. Yeah. I'm going away for a celebration, a birthday, uh, whatever it might be. I want an experience. Right. I want the best. I'm going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. And that's Matt, a, a good analogy. That's a great one. Matt, what, which one am I staying at? <laughs> the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> Jesse's a little bougie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll the How Group, uh, the, the, uh, I don't know if they're going to expense that one, though. <laughs> I mean, I'll trust I, me. I'll I try. At, I shop at Marshall's. Jesse shops only at Nordstrom Rack, so... No, I, yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. But that's, I use yeah. the excuse that they have clothes that fit me and shoes that fit me all the time. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I'm losing that excuse, uh, thanks to my bicycle a little bit. So, um, so, uh, so <laughs> that's so funny. Um, oh my God, I just messed up the whole show. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> hey, Matt, you're up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Sky, uh, you get a lot done in the day. Um, we've talked a lot like about morning routines and everything with some of our past guests. So can you tell us what your morning routine looks like and, uh, why you like having an early morning start? Um, well, I think it goes back to my, just my makeup and who I was like when I was 12 years old, I had a paper route. So I was out delivering papers before I went to school. Do you know what I mean? When I yeah. high school, I was on the crew team. So I was up early. Went to college, I rode on the crew team in Syracuse, and I was up even earlier, you know? So there's something for me that's really primal and uh, inherent in getting up early before the sun comes up. Um, and I think that the quietness of a morning is something that's very special in our world, right? I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you guys, and my phone is bing, dinging, like yeah. all these things that are tearing at me pretty soon. You know, I got to go get pick up my kids and, you know, I'm, I'm making dinner. I'm doing this in the morning. Morning is our my time, you know, and the only time, only way they're not my time is, is if I let the outside world in, AKA via email, text, social media. If I can protect that, it gets my mind in a good state, gets me in a good state that I can attack the day. Um, my preferred wake up time is about 530 in the morning. And I, once again, I love to be, to do movement, right? For me is just inherent in making me happy. So whether it's just riding on the Peloton or going for a bike ride, going for a run, whatever it is, I want to move in the morning when I first wake up. It gets me in a really good state of mind. 
I also run the 6 AMers, which Jesse was a part of as well. And yeah, I, I just joined. Matt just joined I'm September. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I think it's, it's a great, we've been doing it now for five months. It started with Jake Dreyfus again at Keller Williams. We ran the 5 AMers, which uh, we got up at 5 AM every day. Um, and it, during COVID, it really has been this source of inspiration and community and everything like that. And uh, I think the key thing is having a morning routine because of the fact that it forces you not to think, what am I going to do today? You just know what you're going to do. And if you can just get into this, this world of routine and structure, that will lead you to success, right? So a lot awesome. of people are a diet and they'll, they'll have one good week where they eat great and then they fall off because they don't have a routine and a structure. Do you know what I mean? So anything you're doing, yeah. you got that routine and structure around and that will make you successful. Yeah, definitely. And on the same topic of uh, mindset, we ask every guest one question. So what was your biggest uh, limiting belief when you were getting started and how did you overcome it? My biggest limiting belief when I was getting started was that I could, and this is what going back into when I was teaching and selling real estate, you know, um, was mm -hmm. that I could make, I could support a family on real estate, you know? Yeah. That's a very big limiting belief because I never thought I'd be a real estate agent. I never, you know, I always thought I was going to be a teacher and that's what I was sort of educated to do and love to do and everything along those lines. And then this world where it went, where I made the decision to go full-time real estate was a weird world because of the fact that it, um, you know, it, it took a little bit of guts, I guess, to say, you know what, like I am going to be able to not only just thrive, but not only live, but thrive on real estate income commission only, you know, so that was my big, biggest limiting belief. It took me three years to get there. If that Did you make sense. it? Yeah, we made it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be all right. We made it. We're surviving. <laughs> Uh, so now is, is my favorite part of the show. This is where you get to ask us one question and you get the perspective of Matt who is young and, you know, like a spring chicken and just like <laughs> full of life and you get my old jaded, uh, response to it as well. Okay. <laughs> um, I get to ask you guys a question. One question. All right. So as a manager and a leader, often you don't know what people think. You do things, you put it out there. So let me ask both of you, what is it that Compass is doing really, really well? And what is it we need to improve on? And full of this is oh, totally, you know, this is like that honest portion, right? Yeah. Like what is this that we're doing great? And what is it? And it's a really great question to ask both of you just because of how different your roles are and also your positions are. Yeah, I think for me, the big thing was like the platform that we have. Um, so like for people who are compass agents, you go in, you have all the collections that you can set up for your clients, which is something pretty like simple, but it should have been done in the industry. I think like 20 years ago, but it just wasn't done. Um, so I think that's a super helpful tool. And then also for like our marketing, you have like the workspace tab and and you can delegate your marketing too to like our marketing coordinators. So there's so many tools I think that are at the like fingertips of compass agents if you take advantage of them um, and also all the training and everything like that. So I really like the compass platform. I use that like every day. So what can we do better, Matt? What can compass do better? Do better. Um, 
I don't know. I'm working in like maybe getting, I don't know, maybe like a marketing plan or something. I'm sure they have it in there. Okay. I like was talking with uh, Joe, I don't know how to say his last name, Aquino. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about setting up tasks and everything like that. So yeah. I think it's already built in there and I kind of just have to use it. But yeah, work on that now. Uh, take my double your referral class. And okay. Yeah, just take all of Sky's classes. You'll be fine. <laughs> I will. Listen to all the guys who have who lack hair. They're they're the best in the world at real estate. Um, well, I'll answer your question. Um, I uh, I think the one thing that Compass is doing really well is they have this massive amount of agents that we have. They and they have us all rowing in the same direction. We all work on the same team. We're all building the same platform. We're all moving in the same direction. And as you know, in this industry, that's really hard to do. Uh, it's really hard to, to uh, you know, have everybody rowing in the same direction. So uh, that is definitely something that they're doing really well. And uh, as far as things that they could do to improve, uh, my kids are here. Hey. Uh, so uh, as things that Compass can do to improve, I mean, honestly, um, I think, you know, I would say helping us market. I, I'm going to go with Matt's answer. I do think we, I think we have a great platform, but it's uh, how do you build a brand? Uh, you know, how do you build and brand your own personal team, your own personal business? I think we can do us a better job there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, I mean, honestly, I can keep, I can tell you a lot of cool things. I mean, I love the leadership team. Um, the, I feel connected to, Robert Revkin for some reason, right? Like, I, I mean, I know that why I do, but it, I didn't have that connection at other companies that I worked at. Yeah. Um, and I value that. And I know that if I was in New York, I'd want to stop by the office when things are normal and say hi to people, right? Um, so that connection has really been a big deal for, for us, as, as me and us at the How Group. Awesome. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. So, yeah. That's been great. So uh, I, think we, uh, I think we've learned a lot today. Uh, from you, Sky. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I have someone out there. You know, you yeah. never know. Like I said, in this weird world of COVID, you put it out there and you just yeah. can't even see people you're talking to often. So. Matt, we're definitely going to have one more uh, listener. Uh, we're, Liz is definitely going to be a subscriber <laughs> to our podcast. Shout out, Liz. Shout out, Liz. Yeah. So make sure she sees this uh, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. This was this was really great. Thank you so much for all, all the insight. Yeah, yeah. and and before we go, where can uh, people find out more about you, Sky? Um, you know, I, I don't have a, I would just say my social media is a good spot. You know what I mean? I'm trying to okay. get myself, put myself out there a little bit more on social media as far as real estate goes. Um, and then just connect with me. You know, my social media is pretty boring. Um, just my name, uh, S-K-Y-E-M-I-C-H-I-E-L-S, at, or at that. Um, and then, um, yeah, just reach out google sky <laughs> there's not a lot of skies so. you can also email him at sky s-k-y-e at compass.com yeah which is cool like how did i not get jesse at compass.com i got you know i'm just saying you must be you must have a little bit of pull my friend it was my last piece of my negotiation i'm almost here but there's one yeah. last piece. i need this well do this uh schedule a bike ride with me because i want to use the efm That'd, that'd be great, man. Yeah, because because I'm telling you, when I'm going uphill, it's 
it's EFM the whole time. So, <laughs> awesome. Matt, I'm going to see you in the morning. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. It'll be really fun. Awesome. awesome. I'm excited for it. Thanks. We will be. All right. In, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can join us weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Please subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out. You can find out more about me at callphillyhome.com, callphillyhome at Instagram, or email me at matt.talent at compass.com. And you can find out more about my co-host, Jesse Johnson, at howrealestate.com jesse johnson on instagram and email him at jesse.johnson at compass.com